everyone, it's Anna Lane. Welcome to the Paper Airplane Podcast. This is the place where creators of all genres and styles come to share the stories behind their music. I hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Paper Airplane. I'm super excited you're here. I had the pleasure of speaking with Liam, better known musically as Slyboy, who's currently located right here in Nashville, Tennessee. He's in the works on a new album at the moment, but we got to spend most of our time talking about Baking Soda, his newest single, which just came out on September 8th. You can find a link to streaming platforms and all of his social media platforms at slyboytheband.com. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. This is Slyboy. What's up? Not much. Did you have a good Labor Day weekend? Yeah. I was working on my new record all weekend, so... Yeah, how was that? You just had your new single. Uh, it was good, yeah. I, uh, I'm i still working on... There's a video for it, so I'm still working on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, people seem to like it. The the few people who uh, are in my audience right now, anyway. Hey, it takes time to grow and bring that audience in. So are you um, directing the video? Is that coming out soon? Yeah, I mean, we so we did... We did a video for Debtor, which I did with Maggie, uh, Maggie Miles, and we had a whole team for that one and for this. Uh, I don't know. I felt like the the end product of that first video was it looked good, but we kind of got like 50 percent the way to like what I envisioned for it, because when you've got, you know, three other people that you're pulling in on something sometimes stuff gets lost in translation and I have very particular ideas for what I want sometimes so with this I wanted like I just wanted something that would be like something I could kind of be the god of like being able to control everything sometimes is a necessity um so obviously it's not gonna be I don't have the expertise of someone who's been in video for 10 years but um I think especially with having done the first video professionally this one's all shot um I got this off of eBay it's just like a VHS camcorder and we're going to do everything on that so I think like having soda the new single yeah yeah for the video yeah so like being able to have like the pro video out there and then kind of a DIY thing I think people will like just showing that I can kind of do both things well, that's exciting. So kind of to start off, if you would, just give like a quick little um, intro to yourself and, you know, what started you in the music business? How long have you been doing this? And um, what is Slyboy? Where did that come from? And Just kind of your backstory. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in Virginia and I moved to Nashville I think about two years ago um, and just wanted to start doing the music thing and kind of had a little bit of a vision. The name Slyboy, I kind of, I came up with it when I, at like three or four months after I got here in Nashville and I can't really remember why I came up with it or what the thought process was behind it, but it was kind of just like a necessity of having some sort of moniker that I could attach all, you know, all the music to, because I wanted it to be more than just like Liam, more than just like me as a person, even though it is kind of like a, 
solo type act right now. Um, so I made a record uh, the first year of being in Nashville, kind of here and just in this home setup and put that out. Uh, after I put that out, I started uh, producing and I started playing guitar. Maggie, who I did Deader with, I, uh, I, I, uh, when she tours, well, she's not touring right now under the current climate, but I play guitar whenever she's able to play shows. Uh, and then uh, I also joined a band called Manic uh, around the same time about a year ago. Um, and so those are, you know, between Slyboy and those things, that keeps me pretty busy. Yeah, sounds like it. So what is your main focus? Is it Slyboy or is it your collaborations? Yeah. Well, I mean, my main focus is... I don't even necessarily like I would say Sly Boy because that's what is like I control it the most. So in a sense, like I feel like something that you control the most is always going to end up kind of being your primary thing. But at the same time, like I don't really like to think in terms of like priorities like that. I think the priority is like whatever makes most sense to everybody involved and whatever like you know, in, to a certain extent, wherever the money is, and then also, like, equally as much, like, wherever the, like, creative energy seems to naturally kind of be arising from, like, with Manic, like, we all are jumping into that because it's, it, it's kind of uh, an inherently exciting thing, and some of that has to do with, like, the energy that the uh, lead singer, Nick Banos, uh one of my best friends, um, has kind of this magnetism. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I would say Sly Boy is, Sly Boy is kind of priority number one right now, but I'm also in the middle of making a record for that. So it kind of has to be the priority. I, but all that to say, like, I'm open to like wherever, you know, whatever kind of happens naturally, you know, like I want to follow like what people are actually like seeming to gravitate to as listeners. Yeah. So for your new record um, that you're working on, what point are you on in that? Are you in the recording process, the writing? Well, uh, I'm, uh, I never know quite how close to finished I am until I'm finished. Um, I thought I was like 95% on it. Uh, and then I scrapped like a couple songs and I'm pretty sure I need to write one more song. Sometimes it takes like three minutes to write a song and sometimes it takes like six months. So yeah, I, I, I don't really know, but um, I'm going through right. What I've been doing this week is kind of going through all of the existing songs and cleaning up the sessions and, you know, fixing stuff that's messy because I'm really messy when it comes to putting sessions together. So that's been kind of consuming my whole week. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, I like, I think we're close. I think we're pretty close. So back to your newest single that came out yesterday, Baking Soda, um, kind of take me through that process. Where did that come from? The inspiration behind it, the story, the lyrics, and, um, what has that all been like for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, while I'm not of the perspective that, songs like 
only mean what they mean to whoever decide. Like, I don't really feel like songs mean just what the listener wants them to mean. Like, it baking soda definitely has like a, a concise meaning, but at the same time, I'm I don't tend to like, um, like if I have to like spell it out, like I feel like that breaks part of the song to me. So I'll leave that part of it kind of vague, but. Um, baking soda was one of the most recent things that I've made for the record and it came together probably the fastest of anything, any of the songs that I've written for it. I don't really remember how it started. Let me, hold on. Let me, let me open this real quick while I'm talking because I can get into the tracks a little bit if that would be, yeah, I think that perfect. might be, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say cuz like I um I don't remember how I like the, the my earliest memory of this song is like having the session halfway done. So um I don't really remember what started it. Like usually there's like a riff or a melody or a lyric you know that like kind of like kicks things off, but How did you write it by yourself or were you um writing with someone else collaborating? Yeah, I write. Uh, I I end up writing most of my stuff by myself. Um, Maggie has helped uh, on two songs with writing, uh, and uh, that's the only other co-writer on the record right now. For Slyboy stuff, it's it's usually just me. Yeah. Okay. So let me break this down. Let me break this down for you because I feel like there's a lot of like stuff in this song that really gets really layered and I like all the individual parts too. This is just my session. I don't have a copy of like the mix session. Mm -hmm. So it might it's going to be a little muddy, but um There we've got Hold on, I got to mess with these buses real quick. Um that's Maggie on keys there too, actually. Nice. Um, all seem to work a lot together. Yeah, we we do a lot of stuff. To, I like I helped produce the record she put out. I did like a couple tracks um, on that, and then she, uh, you know, we hang out a lot. So like we end up playing guitar, or piano, or wh whatever it may be on various things. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna try to like break this down. Um, as cleanly as possible. So first, we've got two layers of vocals. All my inhibition. There's one. All my in Those are two different All my stacks. Um, recorded on different mics, which is really weird. I don't know why I did that. Um, that's just like a little... Little... Uh, I have no idea what that is actually. Um, and then, why are these? Where are those guitars? Sorry, this is a little bit manic, um, but I think that's kind of the only way that this is gonna work is being a little manic. So I have these guitars that I recorded on. I like, I, I tr like, I retracked that guitar so many times because it kept. Uh, acoustic guitars are just they just sound bad so easily 
Yeah. But yeah. I've got this. Um, I've got this uh, chorus effect on the one of them. Actually, what it is is, um, sorry. I like. Let me know if I'm getting too like deep into this or too nerdy oh, at any. Like, I can go on. So what? Are, so what's going on here? And I don't know if Harry ended up keeping this in the mix that he did of this or not. But I've got micro shift, which is like a stereo like it like widens the signal first in the chain but i've got it disabled because all i really wanted to do was just make this like track a stereo file as it were um so it's not actually taking effect but it just converts it into like a stereo file and then uh you've just got some saturation and eq and then this chorus like plugin when it reads like the stereo input even though it's the same it like doesn't know what to do and so like it's i'm only getting like one half of the modulation so it's not actually a chorus it's just like kind of like swooping the signal in and out of pitch like by tiny bits so it feels kind of like wonky that's what i think is happening anyway i don't actually know that could be like somebody could be listening to this right now and like understanding that that's complete bullshit but um that's what i think i did and uh i think it sounds pretty good um so those are the guitars and then here's maggie's pianos so we've got one just doing those i think it's basically just on the one or okay yeah doing that that kind of like bum bum yeah. It basically does that the whole song. And then she's got this like rambling piano that was basically just one take. And she just kind of like riffs on that chord the whole time through, I think. Um, which gave the track a lot of its like kind of like mysteriousness. And then what is this? That's just, uh, that's my synthesizer. So, yeah, two pianos and a synthesizer. So is this kind of the order that you, you like, recorded in and mm-hmm. kind of place it all on top of each other? Or? I have no idea what the order is. I should have organized this more. Um, I think I did, uh, so I'm remembering a little more now. I think I kind of started with the acoustic guitars on this track, but the yeah. gu- acoustics that I started with are not the acoustics that are here right now i as i said i think i like retract acoustic like five or six times because i kept getting it wrong um what else do i have yeah so that's kind of like a flute-ish sound i guess but it's not a sample it's just um that's also on my synth so if you put these all together else is in the beginning here oh and then so i know a guy in england his name is alexander bone and he did all the saxophone on this so what you don't really hear is like this cool swelling thing that he does in the beginning but it gives like a lot of edge to like the track 
Um, so that's going on. Again, got the vocals here. And that's, so that's the whole first part of the song. Oh, wait. No, I missed one. Oh, and then there's cello. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me solo this cello. So you can hear, like, the cello and the horns sit in a very similar frequency range. They both have that kind of, like, uh, really, like, high-frequency kind of buzz. Is that sort of, like, fry almost? Sorry, what was that? Was the cello a sample? No. Um, the cello was done by a guy named uh, Yod... Um, can't remember his last name um but he did he's done a lot of the cello like there's more cello on the rest of the record and he's done all of that for me yeah so that's he does more he built out like i i well i sent him like string parts that i wanted and he kind of like expounded upon them so uh it gets into that later in the track so once the beat comes in uh i can play that part real quick do what's right Now, one thing I'm kind of proud of here is, if I can find it, this kind of, like, lead into that. Because I, I get really sick of, like, tracks that have, like, the, you know, like, the backwards reverb sound or, like, the backwards cymbal swell that's kind of like that, like, and what a lot of producers will do is just, like, they'll throw those, like, everywhere it's like every chorus every pre it's like there's another and it's just i kind of view it as like kind of like throwing a band-aid on a transition i think like if the song is written well it and like it, the instrumentation's performed well it'll transition like naturally without you having to like throw in weird fluff to make it smoother that being said i kind of went against my own thought my own like ethos on that with this but i'm also proud of it at the same time because i think it was kind of creative um which is this lead up wait sorry that's not it here it is that little like swell um one of them is just kind of your standard backwards piano, but then the other thing you're hearing is this, which is a car driving by. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. You just like um, record a random car like on your phone, or I I found that somewhere on the internet. Oh, nice. It was just some soundbite somebody had, but somebody somebody recorded a car. Yeah. It wasn't me. Anyway, so then, sorry, I'll try and, like, run through this. Uh, I could, like, spend a while on some of this stuff. So the beat comes in. That sounds like that. It's really basic. It almost does the same thing the whole song through. Um, there's a metronome. That's just the metronome that was in the session. And I just kind of st stuck it into the beat. You don't really hear it, but I guess it makes it wider. Like, that's with it. That's without. You know, it definitely, like, makes it feel wider, I guess. I don't really know what... Uh, like, I'm saying that now, but that definitely wasn't my thought process when I made it. But we're going to say that's what it does. Bass. Um, 
which is this guy here. Nice. My uh, those like old Dan Electros, like they're not they're not like high quality basses per se, but like they just sound good to me. What else comes in? There's these guitars that come in. And then uh, they start doing this like kind of arpeggiated sounding thing or chugging, I guess. And then in the chorus, there's a third guitar that comes in on top, which is this guy. Uh, that's kind of what the guitars do the whole track pretty basic um, except at the end so that beat at the end just to skip ahead for a second there's just kind of like that's me just taking like the quarter inch that's plugged into the amp and kind of like doing a rhythm just like on my hand like it's the like uh, static of the signal um then we've got, uh, oh, let me show you this. Um, I've got this, like, layer that comes in for the harmonies, so. Oh, sorry, that's just a, that's just a delay. Here's the harmony. That's me singing into a harmonica mic. Which I thought was a cool lo-fi sound. And there's basically just that one kind of harmony and then an echo and then the two stacks, the whole song. We've got, let's see, I went over that, went over that. Um, I don't know what this is. Oh, that's the little, like, feedback thing at the end. That's another thing I grabbed off the internet. I didn't even, I didn't even remember that that was in there. It's just, yeah. I think that was, like, recorded for, like, a video game. Yeah. Like, if, like, some of these places that have samples, they have, like, stuff they recorded that's just, like, different people saying things that I think are meant to be, like, used for, like, you know, various NPCs uh, in games people are designing. But um worked out for that, I guess. I Like, it, that honestly could have been any sounds because I chopped it up into this just, like just like crazy uh delay uh cellos come back in in the chorus or the larger part of the song uh that's kind of the vibe they sit with the whole track i think um let me see if i can get all the In the bridge, they get a little more built out. So over here. Um, actually, they get even bigger at the very end. Let me go to that part. Pretty simple. And then there's like this little half. 
uh, cool little like um, half step drop. Da, da, da. Now for those when you're like working with this guy who plays the cello, um, do you come up with the arrangements or does he come up with it? Well, for the record, it's been a mix. Um, uh, for the, so for this, I sent him the whole arrangement. The only thing that he added was, I think he added a couple harmonies on this, like, on that part. Um, I just had the main melody of the da 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 um, So he built that out. Now, there's another, there's another track on the record that I'm still working on that uh, I actually asked him to do the whole arrangement for. Um, and it sounds great. He's really good. But, uh, yeah, for this, I just did, like, I just programmed, like, MIDI strings in Logic, and then I sent him the MIDI files, and he just worked with those. Yeah. And then, obviously, sax solo. That's what that sounds like. Um, that sax yeah. really brings the song yeah. together, I think. That worked out really well with Alexander um, on sax. I just I asked him to send me a solo, and um, I asked him to send me a take where he's just copying the vocal melody of the song, and then a couple takes of him just like riffing random things. Mm -hmm. And uh, the end, like the end result of that, was just like kind of a combination of all of those takes. Um, which worked out well because, like, there's points where, like, the vocals, like, stray from the original melody a little bit, but the saxophone, like, keeps doing the original melody, and it sounds kind of like, like, where's the spot on the Um, it's, I think it's over here. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hear just there just because of the mix, but if you listen, like, so it's like, oh, I'll waste my time. That was like the first chorus melody. And then in this one, they just do. And oh, I'll waste my time. They just do time. But then the saxophone, like you f feel it like trail under with that uh, like other part. I'll waste my time. I'll solo like that just so you, you fully hear it. I just think stuff like that's kind of a cool touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's basically the that's basically the whole song. Um, sorry that that was so rambly. I I'm, my sessions aren't typically very organized, and neither am I. But. Well, I can relate to that. It's insane, though. I love going through songs like this because, as a listener, you don't really notice all the little things and all that's going into it, but there's so much detail in so many parts. It's really cool right. to hear all that. Yeah. So um, from this, what would you say is kind of coming in the future? Would you like to do um, touring once all the pandemic stuff is over when your new album is coming out or are you more yeah. write and release? I, and stuff? I definitely like to. Um, I don't really know what the, you know, I don't really know what the game plan is. Honestly, I've not done that much, you know, there's never been a Sly Boy tour because, um, 
like I played like back before Slyboy existed. I played some shows in Virginia, but like the area I grew up, I, I like the music scene's really weird. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of the worst, but it was it was pretty it was pretty tough to get shows, at least for me up in Virginia. And then I got here and I didn't like I basically didn't leave this room for like a year because I made that first record and I just spent the whole time doing that. And then as soon as I put the record out, I hopped on Maggie Miles first tour doing guitar for her. And then I started working with Manic, too, and just things got really busy and for like six months, I didn't really have time to think about doing any sort of Sly Boy shows. Um, and then I was just starting to kind of put the pieces together um, and like uh, inquire about setting something up when COVID hit. So I don't know. I don't really know where that leaves us now. Um, I've, I feel like there's going to be a pretty I, I like with shows kind of finally starting to become a possibility again, like I feel like it's going to be a pretty tough environment for small artists and artists like that myself that haven't really technically done shows yet, because I feel like there's going to be a backlog of all the more high demand acts that need to play shows now because they canceled a bunch of stuff. But I don't know. I would like, that's definitely the plan at some point, but Right now, I'm just trying to focus on this next record and get that done, and then we'll see. You know, that's definitely will become a priority at some point, but um, I'm trying not to think about it right now. Yeah. So you said um, the music scene in Virginia was kind of weird. So I was kind of curious, where did like your love for this genre that you're in come from, and was it in, was it, did it come from the music scene in Virginia or did you kind of branch out and do your own thing? Well, definitely not. Uh, it, whatever it is, it didn't, it definitely didn't come from Virginia. I mean, what do you, out of curiosity, like, what do you consider my genre to be? I would say kind of rocky. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it didn't come from, it didn't come from Virginia. I would say like the closest place I could say it came from was Japan. My favorite uh, band in existence is a group called One OK Rock, and uh, they're they're a rock band out of Japan. Um, they're signed to Field by Ramen now, so they do a lot of stuff in North America. But that band inspired me. Like, if I were to list like my top ten influences, like the bottom nine wouldn't like contribute half as much influence as the top one, which is one OK Rock. That's where the rockiness comes from. I don't know where all the, like, pop and alternative stuff comes from. I guess just from, like, listening to, you know, whatever's popping right now. Yeah. Well, I was actually, that makes sense, because I was listening to your album earlier, and I thought I heard, like, someone speaking Japanese, like, in the back of, I don't remember which track it was. Yeah, that so that's uh, I think that's Bygone Dream track you're talking about. Um, yeah, I don't really know why that's in there. Um, I don't I don't want to lean in. I feel like Westerners have this weird complex where they just think that Japanese people are like the coolest ever, which I guess they are. But 
I didn't like I don't want I didn't want to be just like one more person throwing like uh throwing like Japanese like characters and and shit on like stuff just because it looks cool but it does so I don't know uh yeah I just like I like the aesthetic and I like the way it the language sounded um you had posted on Instagram about your cover art for baking soda and you said it was your favorite yet. And I was just wondering why. Cause it just looks good. I don't know. Uh, like I, um, it's, it, it's also teasing like the cover art for the album, the, with this album I'm working on, like, uh, something happened, which as not like, I never expected to happen ever in my career, which is like, the album like the artwork for the album came before i had any of the songs like it was kind of like the concept and the art kind of like just like kind of appeared unexpectedly um and the baking soda cover art is kind of um a predecessor like visually to the cover art for the record and uh, I shot it on, uh, like, the other cool thing. Let me grab something real quick. I picked up, like, a pack of, like, when I was, like, 13, not 13, when I was, like, 17, I bought, like, a bunch of these uh, expired uh, black, like, black and white 35 millimeter. Uh, it says ex- expires in May of 1980. Um and uh, I just like I, I'm not a photographer, but I like I take shots on this old camera I've got. Um, so that's what I took that picture with uh, for baking soda. And um, it's no like there's no editing on it. Like it's not uh, filtered at all. And I didn't add any grain. Like it just naturally looks that like dirty and gritty. Um, so I just you know, it just came together. It's just the right look. That's interesting that you said like the um, kind of the atmosphere and the visuals came first for you because usually it's the other way around. Is that usually how it is for you or is it the music and then kind of the visuals? Uh, There's no there's not really a usually for me like um, definitely that had never happened before. You know, I'm only 24, so it's not like I've been writing music for like 30 years, but like. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, there's not really a consistent thing of way of, there's not really a consistent way anything starts otherwise. Um, the only thing consistent really is that like, I feel like every time I start something, it starts at a different place. Like sometimes it's a melody, sometimes it's a lyric, like guitar part, piano part, synth part, whatever it is, or an attitude or something. I've, I don't really have a, um, I don't really have like a set methodology for creating things, um, which, you know, I kind of want to keep it that way. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and um, talking with me today. It's been a lot of fun and it was cool to dive deeper into your newest song, Baking Soda. And um, looking forward to hearing the rest of the album. I think it's going to be really good. I think you bring a unique sound and perspective to the music industry so i think people are gonna love to hear it i hope you're right (laughs) but appreciate it yeah well thanks again um i hope you have a great rest of your day
And if you ever need anything, reach out and, um, yeah, have a great day. Nice to meet you. You too. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Slyboy about his newest single, Baking Soda. Don't forget to go give that a listen as soon as possible and also follow him on all social media platforms. You can stay up to date with all things Paper Airplane on Instagram at Paper Airplane Podcast. You can also follow um, my personal account at underscore Anna Lane um, to keep up with all that's going on with Paper Airplane. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And see you next time.